are you outside because you're trying to make pineapple pizza live on the podcast? <laughs> I'm not a skilled enough um multitasker. What do, what do we call what what's a user of an uni called? Do, do they have a name for that? A unitarian. You're you're on you're on <laughs> nice. You're on r slash pizza. They they must have a name for uni users. I think r slash pizza actually kind of has a disdain for uni people because they feel uh, like it's guerrilla marketing. But the products the product's nice though. It's it not... is, but it's like they just feel like any anybody who's posting there is like it's not always in good faith. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting. It's down. like if there was like an R slash mattresses, and like anytime somebody posted about a Casper mattress. Um, mm. But yeah, you are. I think this is the first time in history um, that somebody is outdoors recording the show, so your neighbors get to hear one half of a terribly boring conversation. Yeah, there's nothing better than only hearing half of a conversation. Everybody loves that. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't think I've ever recorded outside. I've recorded um, from the lady friend's parents' house. I've recorded from Wait, did you, our kitchen island. Did you do like a, a Jason Snell style, like Irvine, like uh, in-laws pod? I don't remember that episode at all. I, I there You have to go back to the archives, but there must have been more than one of them because... You know, during the kitchen remodel here, we were out of our house for like three months, and we didn't we didn't take three months off the show. So there oh, must have that's been probably a, true. There must have been a handful that I that I had done from their house. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think uh, uh, never never had been done outside before, but was one hundred percent necessary today because my house is a million degrees, and we only have <laughs> you know the two LG. Um, portable air conditioners, which are, what are cooling your... cooling the two bedrooms, and so the uh, the office, which is of course where I normally record, uh, does not reap the benefit of uh, those LG air conditioners. And what are the names of your kids? Of the air conditioners, yeah. Uh, so the one in our room is Black Diamond, and the one in the new housemate's room is Bunny Slope. And these are golf terms. Those are scheming terms. Oh, oh, okay. Well, you, you know, <clears throat> I thought maybe that fell outside the nine percent of everything that you know about. It's in the single digits now. It is. Yeah, we're running out of room. That's not nice. That's <laughs> that's mean. Uh, fuck you. It started at like twenty-eight. All right. Um, so yeah. Anyway, looks looks pleasant. Um, Actually, hold on, let me pull up this picture to see if there's anything uh, notable in here. Oh, wait, so does that mean you are still technically recording on your old work computer? Yes. All right, and the, its only purpose is this? Oh, wait, hold on. Hey, 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 we, hey. I see something in this I see a goat in this picture. A a goat? Yes. Oh, the the the, the white whale charger? Yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. No, that's, it's, oh. um... We'll, we'll talk about some products we maybe disagree with a bit on this show, but... Um, Your ears are wrong. <laughs> but no, the... Um, what, what is this thing? The Sateki 108-watt. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it actually has a name. I just think it's it's like a 5-in-1 USB-C something, something, something. The, um, the, the 
I mean, I, you know, haven't really done a ton of traveling recently, particularly not since I've gotten this charger. And that's mostly what I use it for. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the USB-C cable that I have that I did, you know, just keep in my travel backpack is a, I guess probably like an older one or like a cheaper one. So it actually can't do the full, it looks, what is it, 90 watt um, that the, the you know, yeah, it highest looks, wattage port can do. It looks flimsy. No, no, yeah. no shade. But I use the one that I like, um, that I used for my camera. So I have that Belkin like Thunderbolt cable. That one actually really well, works really well. Is this way? Is that going into a USB A port or a USB C port? I can't really tell with the angle. Well, this is. I mean, this is the you know, this is the MacBook Pro that's only got the four USB C ports. No, no, but the part that goes into the Sateki thingy. Oh, that that's USB C. Okay, I'm plugged into the you know the 90 watt or whatever that highest rated USB C port on that thing is. Got it. Um, and I I I, I probably actually didn't need to be plugged in at all, but the battery in this laptop like it it's got the service recommended you know thing on it and it doesn't it doesn't last super long and you know with it being kind of like on the outer edges of my wi-fi network and stuff i i opted it was probably safer just to you know have it plugged in yeah um so uh, apologies for any like background noise or weird echo or whatever like it it's well, it sounds okay on my the, side, but we'll see. Wouldn't it be and you, I mean you're the space guy, but wouldn't it be the absence of echo? Like you have no, no walls to bounce off of, so actually that's an ideal that's, recording experience. That's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> up to up to eleven percent. Um and maybe ten. <laughs> it's double digits. You can be happy with that. No, because I'm still uh, down from the peak, and I'm not, I'm not getting any type of inflation benefit. Like uh, Joe Biden's <laughs> economy is not working for me. Um, okay. Anyway, I like it. The good experiment. Yeah, yeah. It's um, perhaps necessary if the weather is going to be in the upper 90s at points over the next few months. Oh, okay. Uh, they're just going to say this week because I, I looked at the forecast and it looks like it was going to be sharply cooling down tomorrow. Yeah, it's like 30 degrees cooler or something mm -hmm. crazy tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Oh, weather. All right. Let's actually, well, no, let's just keep going. Yeah, actually, this is going to be mostly a you episode. So you have two bits of follow-up. I do. So I think Infrastructure Week 2022 is coming to kind of an anticlimactic close. So I think where we left things off a couple of weeks ago was I decided to ditch the Eros given the connectivity trouble I was having with those, particularly on my iPhone. And after doing a little bit of digging around, landed on replacing them with the TP-Link X55s, um, which are kind of a very similar setup to the Eero, like similar in size and shape and you know wi-fi 6 um etc a little bit less expensive um so i set those up um i guess about a week and a half ago now is yeah, i guess yeah i guess i set those up maybe the weekend after we last talked and you know they're they're fine <laughs> um i mean the the things that are most most important are the are the things that they're best at like they've they've been very, very reliable, seem to generally get pretty good speed. Um, 
where they're kind of lame is the 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 app that you you know set them up with and then you know can monitor your network with mm-hmm. is 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 really really bad like like kind oh, of yeah. atro- atrociously bad and it 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 was particularly stark coming from the era where you know for all of the problems that i had with the reliability of its wi-fi the the app is beautiful and is really nicely done so it was quite the <laughs> quite the change coming from that to this this tp link deco app um and yeah it, it's 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 bad and it's 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 really buggy like it it shows certain devices on your network offline even when they're online and so it's not it's not good but but it, it it also doesn't matter because really after getting through like the initial setup process and like renaming devices on my network and stuff like you never really look at that again anyway. So you know I I, I thought about being unhappy with these two, but I'm like you know what like like again like the areas where the areas that matter reliability speed that kind of thing like they're fine. Well, so okay <clears throat> not to be a debbie downer but like i guess my reliability is, is still unknown you've had them for a week kind of well they're more reliable than the euros so far but i take your point and i guess my question is so couldn't you have just was it was it so bad that you couldn't just wait for the google homes to get an update well i so mean it kind of feels it, like you're just yeah, kind of it, mostly it, back to that except it, just it, now it, with a no-name brand well well, not really, because these these are quite a bit newer hardware than I had with those Google Home thingies. Okay. But then the other thing, remember, was what what prompted the the Wi-Fi upgrade was the the bad update that Google pushed. Like, remember that that episode that I had to like tether to my phone for? Well, yeah, but there's no way they haven't released a software update yet for that, right? Well, I I, I don't you know. Wouldn't would know, but <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, I'm I am kind of mostly where I was at before, but where I was at before, you know, before that bad update was fine. Like I kind of I kind of just never want to think about my Wi-Fi network. So, you know, in the short amount of time I've had these, the, the these have you know, kind of checked those boxes. I just I just wish the the software was better. Mm-hmm. And the and the other thing too is like I, you know, I did start poking around a little bit more of like well if i if i really wanted to <laughs> take a third swing at this like what would i get and there just there's not there's not really anything else out there like either you know the units are crazy big or really expensive um like they're just yeah there just isn't really anything else out there and i i I, you know, I did come around full circle again and start looking at the Ubiquity stuff. Um, but, like, all that stuff is sold out right now. What? No. Um, all, all the Pro. All, all the new all the new stuff is sold out. So. And you looked at B&H? Uh, I mean, I didn't. I didn't look. I didn't look you super. You didn't look very hard. Okay. I didn't look very hard because I... I, I was like, what, wait, what am I doing? Because again, like this, this, you know, this TP link thing is, it's, it's working totally fine. So, and it was, you know, it was $250. So it was, it was pretty affordable. So I'm probably just going to stick with that for now. So, 
And I mean, also the other thing too is like the critical stuff is hardwired anyway. So, you know, like Wi-Fi just like messing around on my phone and stuff around the house, like it's, it's, it's fine. So, um, I guess conclusion to infrastructure week, very excited to have AT&T fiber, particularly those upload speeds and Wi-Fi continues to just be meh. Actually, can can I jump in on that real quick? Um, on the AT&T fiber thing, uh, I lost the promotional rate on my Comcast account recently. And it's one of those things where you get the bill and you're like, oh, I had to call them again. And then you kind of just, well, sorry about me. I, I tend to procrastinate on things. You kind of just forget and just don't want to do it. And you put an OmniFocus and you keep deferring. So I called them to cancel the TV because I literally don't have anything to watch TV on. Like I, I canceled and sold and threw away the TiVo. Cause uh, guess what? TiVos have no resale value whatsoever. You can't, you resell it to that. Um, was it weak, weak knees or what, what's that website that Jason Snell gets his era or used to get his um, TiVo parts from? Uh, I have no idea. Mine is probably sitting in the Centerfell landfill at this point, but um <laughs> Yeah, I, I, so I, in the, what's it called? The Xfinity stream app is apparently never coming, uh, to Apple TV. So yeah, I called, I'm like, my, my bill was 167, which, which was already high. And now it's $208 for no good reason. So can I just cancel the TV and what can I do? And then also like, cause it is, this is a, a true statement at the time. I was like, at t fiber is now in my area and they offer for 80 bucks, uh, gig up and down and un- uh, no uh, data caps like there's no 30 to 50 dollar unlimited data add-on that i have to purchase like i do here so is there a way to get that lower and no uh canceling the tv and just retaining uh sort of gigabit internet with comcast is 130 dollars a month and i was very very surprised by that that even in markets where verifiably it at t fiber is available like to my address they're like, nah. I I guess this happened. Yeah, this must have happened since the last time we talked. I actually have kind of a similar story. So I, I had to call to, you know, cancel all of my Comcast services mm-hmm. and, you know, was totally expecting to get the whole pushback thing and be on the phone for like 20 minutes. Called, you know, you get the automated thing. What are you calling for? Cancel my service you immediately get, you know, connected with a real person. They say, you know, what can I do for you? And I, I said, you know, I recently got AT&T fiber in my area and I, I switched to that. And so I'm calling to cancel my service. And it was just like, okay. And I was off the phone in six minutes. Yeah. I assume if you say you've already switched, like there's not a whole ton of save attempts that can be done on you. Maybe. But yeah, yeah. but... Yeah, it's just weird that, like, that's, there's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And they're like, if you, because Comcast, do, do you know what Xfinity Mobile is? Uh, it, Well, it, it's just like, it's Cable Town's cell phone service, right? Where they just lease airtime off a major carrier. Like, uh, Spectrum yeah. and Charter all do this, where, they, where they'll run their own MVNO uh, to expand what they do as an MSO. 
Right. But it's they're like, oh, but we could the way, the way that we can get uh, get your bill down is we can switch you to the, uh, this um, like no name crappy cell phone service. Oh, was, that'll that'll do you a lot of good. <laughs> I was like, no, no, we're not doing that. And the, for other reasons, I kind of got into a thing with the guy on the phone because there was some misrepresentation of what the service actually is going on. But yeah, I'm I don't know. And here's the the problem is that I do need to call back. Well, so two things. Uh, something showed up on my door this uh, this afternoon. You get two guesses and if you get it right nothing will happen oh god did they send you one of those uh x1 you betcha you betcha and i didn't consent to it yeah they were like because like during the thing like the guy was like oh but like so yeah we like we can put you on internet only plan but so you don't have no tv uh your internet only plan something 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 uh like you could so you could still watch peacock and whatever i'm like Okay, like they, it, there was no discussion of we're going to send you a box. This requires a thing. I was just like, fine. Like, I guess my Xfinity email account that I never use would somehow still log me into Peacock. I was like, fine, whatever. Uh, but no, I have a box that I don't want that I now have to go return or a, a goes to a landfill. I have no idea. Don't care. <laughs> don't want it. Um, and then I got another bill for the same rate. So now I don't have TV, and I my bill is still two hundred ten dollars a month. <laughs> so, kind kind of grouchy. So, yeah, I guess I have to call Comcast again. Like it's just no, and like because I'm very for various reasons we're not going to talk about on the show. Like I'm very attuned to what like that type of like conversation over the phone is, and I know all the silent words of like like I, I was i was very listening very carefully and there was no circumstance where i i thought i was going to get something sent to me i i am very yeah, just absurdly unhappy with that that's well, that's you, not cool you remember you remember what happened with me they they did the same thing with me but you knew on that phone call that somehow you were getting well, a tangible item well i so i did but then what happened i i can't remember if we talked about this part on the show but when i signed up for tv again with them they you know sent me a box and i i was thinking it was going to be i guess like an old school dvr right with like a yeah. hard drive and everything in it but they literally sent me the exact same you know streaming box so then i had two of them and then when i got my first <laughs> bill after i had added tv i was i was now being charged as if i had two tv boxes because they I guess knew that I had already had one, even though there was no discussion of that when I signed up for TV again. And so I had to call and say, explain the situation. They go, oh yeah, okay, we'll take that off your account. And then I, I go to return it to the X, you know, local Xfinity store. And they also kind of asked me like, oh, like kind of what the, the situation was. And I explained it to them. They go, Oh yeah, yeah, we hear that. I don't know why they do that. <laughs> like why they send you another one even though there's already one on your account. I don't know. It, because it counts, it's a mess. It against their save metrics. Yeah. <clears throat> I guess. Yeah. Um but anyway, I'm um I guess actually, you know, maybe to bring the conversation full circle here, like to end um infrastructure week on a positive note. I'm pretty darn happy with the AT&T fiber YouTube TV combo. I think I, maybe I said that last time too. We'll, we'll keep checking in on that, but so far that's been, that's been really good. Like YouTube TV is not perfect, especially from a UI perspective, but it's, 
it's it's pretty it's pretty good. So yeah. So anyway, apparently Comcast feels no competition. I guess. Um. So yeah, kind of stinks. And I am going to be relocating soon, and it does not. It, it, the fastest AT and T service you can get is eighteen megabits a second. Mm, did, so do you? But do you have one of those like fancy? What what do they call them? Isn't there like some kind of other fancy high speed service that a lot of the newer buildings? There's Go- there's there's have? a thing called WebPass. That yeah, that's then it. got bought by Google Fiber. Um, and no, well, yes, it is available there, but it's only hundred megabits. So I'm still stuck with Comcast. Um, and like Sonic is a Sonoma based ISP that has like weird pockets of San Francisco that they have covered. It -hmm. is not that either. So I'm going to do one more phone call to Comcast because I don't want this fucking flex box. Um, like so mad, so, so mad. The box that it shipped in this was, was nice though. Cause it's one of those things where it's, it's a Psyoc type thing. So, Mm -hmm. uh, where, yeah, it's, you just, they slap the shipping label on it. So it was kind of neat. But it's another thing I wanted, so uh, so thumbs down to that. But yeah, I'll call them again, and I'll be like, really? Because I'm not going to mention that, hey, you are the only game in town where I'm moving, but currently at the place I am for another two weeks, I have AT&T Fiber as an option. Come on, this guy, there has to be more than $130 that I can do, because wow. I do use more than 1.2 terabytes a month. So Right. Boo. All right, and then... You you brought this up offline online that there are a few things in life that we have very very like religious philosophical differences on. One of which is the the plus size slash max size phones, right? And I don't think there's a philosophical difference, but uh, but I our experiences uh, diverge greatly. Apparently, um, I did a rare uh, two time uh, like an unprecedented two time recommendation of the beats fit pro last week or maybe two weeks ago and then you gave them a shot as my at my recommendation and had mixed thoughts yeah they're not they're not very good um no <laughs> and it's it's yeah i say that in a, in it acknowledging that this is totally a subjective thing like neither of us is wrong here but like just with the the you know the big ass iPhones too. Like it's it's just a, it's a subjective thing. Some people like them, some people don't. Mm. Um, mm. <laughs> but yeah, the Beats Fit Pro. I mean, I was I was really excited to get them um, from the combination of you know having my well documented troubles with my Power Beats Pros, and then your excitement about you know these these Beats Fit Pros, and so, you know, I, I, you know, set them up, um, a couple of weeks ago and kind of knew like from the, the minute I put them in my ear, I was like, oh, I, hmm, I don't know. But then I thought, well, you know, they, they've got the three different like tip sizes. So maybe I just need to try the, the smaller tip size because they come out of the box with the medium ones on there and they just didn't really feel like they fit inside my ear very well. And they were kind of creating a lot of like pressure in my ear. So I tried switching to the smaller ones. Didn't really make any sort of difference. But I thought, you know, I'll I'll give them an honest try here for a little while. Um, and so, you know, tried them out on the on the Peloton, which is really where I'm mostly looking to use them. 
and yeah, they just they just were uncom- uncomfortable even after short periods of time wearing them. So can you and, can and, you say and, more on that? Like uncomfortable in which way? So they they don't fit in my ears very well. Like even the smallest tip size feels like it's it's too big for my ear. And when I, you know, have have the earbuds in my ear, it, it's it's like they're too big. And so they just create kind of like it's almost like they're you know but spacing out my ear canal. So is is so the ear pressure is not like at the it's not the wingtip part that's mm. frustrating. It's just the part that goes no. okay. Yeah, exactly. And then for a frame of reference, the old like ear pods, like the one like just the wired headphones that used to come with iPhones and iPods, did those tend to fit you well or no? Uh not not great, but better than these. Mm. Um so yeah, they just they just were not not very comfortable and and you kind of acknowledged this even before I bought them, but they they really don't sound very good. Uh, they don't, yeah, they don't sound great. Well, and, and that was going to be my follow-up question is were you using these in noise cancellation, transparency or no mode? I kind of I flipped around between the three modes and granted I only really tried them inside the house, but I didn't really notice like a dramatic difference between the three the one where and it's not... and it's kind of it's kind of not relevant either for me because you know 95 percent of the time these headphones are meant to be used with the peloton which doesn't support any of that stuff so wait what oh can you wait can you not turn well so th- that's my hmm. can you not use noise cancellation if you are using it with like a non-iphone now you know transparency mode probably wouldn't work but well, I get. Oh, well, I get. Actually, I don't know. Maybe you. Maybe you could because you can turn that on just using the button on the earbuds, right? Yeah, I mean, because the only reason I, I I stress that point is that the headphones don't sound good if you're using that like they're doing nothing mode. Like I I will admit they sound very bad if if it's that, but if you're in noise cancellation or transparency, I think they sound actually better than Power Beats. But again, it's it's entirely personal preference. So, yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah. Um yeah, it was kind of kind of a disappointment. Um yeah, you know, ironically the thing with the sound that I was really surprised by given the kind of reputation of Beats over the years as being almost like too full and too bassy sounding is the Beats Fit Pro sound really tinny to me. That makes it sound like you just, you just maybe maybe they're just too large even at the smallest setting, but it just sounds like you're just not getting a good ear seal. Ear it, seal. It, it it could very well be, and I I sort of immediately, you know, went back to the Powerbeats Pro. Like I did I did like a quick workout on the Peloton using the Beats Fit Pro, and then went right to the Powerbeats Pro, and it just just night and day difference with both fit and sound. So, you know, I, I guess the, the, you know, the Power Beats Pro, like that form factor is just a better, just a better fit for me, literally. Um, and I'm just going to have to, I guess, continue to <laughs> put up with their um, unreliability until, until they eventually slash hopefully get refreshed, which 
I didn't I actually haven't really looked at that closely, but I don't think they've been revved like since they first came out those things a have few been out years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Hopefully maybe they'll do a refresh on those. But I don't know. But if I if I keep the charging contacts clean on <laughs> on the headphones and on the case, they 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 actually are generally pretty reliable. Um, but that is kind of annoying. I have to even think about that. But anyway, Beats Fit Pros are are going back, and I'm gonna stick with the Power Beats Pros for now. Okay. Well, we appreciate you uh, keeping our recommendation <laughs> to try the Royal Wheat. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> Why does smart home stuff continue to be bad? Oh, I've I've got a little story there. Okay. Um, so I actually, you know what, it's, it's, it's almost like I planned being outside talking about this tonight. Um, because it's, it, I, so I have these two iHome smart, um, outdoor outlets. Cause the thing is like, you know, with like the Wemo, like the regular Wemos and stuff that you buy, like those things aren't rated to be outside. Like, I know, like, Marco's got a whole bit about, like, putting indoor stuff outside and stuff. And, like, that's, eh, I'm, I'm not, I've never really wanted to even try that. So, yeah, but electrical plugs seems he, way he, riskier than uh, indoor cameras sometimes getting splashed. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so I've had these, um, iHome outdoor smart plugs for, for a while. And I, I'm sure we've talked about this on the show. Like, there are more there are more manufacturers that make them now but like back a few years ago when i was first looking there were very very few options especially if you wanted to stick with a more kind of reputable brand but i i I think also at the time i i uh appropriately mocked the fact that you were buying smart home equipment from the people who make ipod docs and that was probably not (laughs) a good long-term choice and kind of feels like that's getting borne out well, it actually, I mean, this is all really not all that big of a deal for me. So, so the, the, the two, the two that, um, so I, I, you know, also, as we've talked about on the show, I've kind of revved my whole, um, you know, Christmas light setup, And, and for that now I, I have some Wemo outdoor plugs. And so the, the iHome outdoor plugs that I've had for a while, which I, which I used to use for the, some of the Christmas stuff now are just used for um the outdoor um lights that we have here in the backyard as well as a small little water fountain that we have here in the in the in the backyard um so there's not really like it's not not a very complicated you know thing that i'm looking to control with them um but the nice thing that I was able to do, or the the nice thing about these iHome plugs, which I'm I'm sure I've also talked about on the show, is that they had kind of the rare combination of supporting both HomeKit and uh, Amazon's voice assistant, which not many smart home products do. Um, and and that was nice because, like, especially with the outdoor lights here, you know, I have them on a HomeKit powered automation to turn on and off. Um, based on like sunset time, but then it was also nice to be able to kind of turn them on, you know, ad hoc using Amazon's voice assistant. Well, anyway, about a month, month and a half ago, iHome, uh, well, I guess 
you know, of some time ago, they they stopped making all the smart home gear, and then about a month and a half ago, they shut down the online servers <laughs> that that basically are like the back end for their smart home stuff. Um, which which is which is pretty crazy, particularly if you're a non iOS user, because the out that you had as an iOS user was you can continue to use them through HomeKit because that's all just that, that's oh, is that coming through on the microphone Branson You betcha first barking. first okay. guest appearance <laughs> I don't it's, un, it's unclear why he's barking um uh, the the HomeKit stuff all just works on your local network so it doesn't rely on any sort of like cloud service mm-hmm. um if you're an Android user you're you're literally just shit out of luck with the with this iHome stuff, because uh, I guess every, everything there relied on these iHome uh, cloud servers. Um, so you know, for me, like I have them connected to HomeKit, and that that has continued to work fine. But the thing that I did lose was the Amazon Voice Assistant integration because that that was powered by their uh, online server. So. I know I, I I basically just no longer have that now, and that was like you know like I said earlier like that was a key reason why I bought these things. So just kind of kind of lame. Yeah. And you said Wemo does offer outdoor ones at this point. Yeah, they do. And there's you know there's a handful of other pretty good options now that that didn't exist back when I bought these things. So. You know, if if I really wanted to, I could just replace these things with with the with the Wemo ones. But again, the reality is like you know, ninety eight percent of the time, I'm I'm just controlling these things with with HomeKit, so it doesn't really matter. And I think there actually are some like <laughs> hacky ways that I could um integrate amazon's voice assistant again like there are ways to connect HomeKit devices to that ecosystem through like a combination of um was it homebridge um or like that hubitat hub thing that i have like there's various ways i could try to do it which i don't know may maybe it'll become a summertime project we'll see <clears throat> oh i think you already have a different one <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, that that's true. Um, um that's uh, that's interesting. But also, and this, I don't think this ever actually made the notes. But didn't do you know what Insteon is? Uh, I I think I only do because this iHome stuff I think was happening like around the same time they were also like shutting down all yeah. their online stuff, and that, I think that was I got the impression that was a more popular smart home brand that people were more upset about than this iHome thing. It was. It was kind of like in but it was also kind of expensive. Like it was very much in the Luchon Caseta like lineup of, of it's not like it wasn't a bottom of the barrel or a fly by night organization. But yeah, the, like the, the there's a lot to be said about smart home stuff that like operates is it just Zigbee? Like that that doesn't have a cloud component to it. Because if you're just trusting that like, there's no way, and this this happens in a lot of emerging markets, where, 
once everything settles down, the world just cannot accommodate this number of people making this stuff. So, like, it's it's kind of a crapshoot of, like, who, which horse you're backing. And if you're somebody that will, like, for smart home stuff to go mainstream, like, you have to really hope you're betting on the right thing. Otherwise, in two to four years when the market becomes more mature, like, you're just not going to have, like, a bunch of people are going to have to replace everything. Know, but yeah, apparently Insteon was um, around from 2017 to 2021, but they couldn't secure funding, and now most of their stuff doesn't work. Well, yeah, I mean, that that's the thing with these iHome plugs, is that if, if they didn't have HomeKit integration, I mean, I, they, they just literally wouldn't work anymore at all, which would just be really crummy. Because, I mean, I mean, these things were, they, they weren't cheap. Um. Well, and that's kind of similar, like when when uh, Harmony, like uh, Logitech yeah. decided to kill Harmony, is that they made they still made kind of like a commitment to say because like Harmony remotes to do any type of like add a device or do anything, it has to go through that funky ass like they used to have like a silver light application you had to run on your computer. Yeah, it was very 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 bad, and. Then it switched to the whatever the thing like I have the Harmony Elite one maybe I so I forget, but that one is programmed using an iOS app I think, but they they made some level of commitment being like hey these remotes aren't bricks but eventually it's gonna be a brick because they're not gonna keep that server alive and then you just be like I don't know so yeah that 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 does kind of it kind of sucks and no and no company can reasonably. Like, if you like on the, on the, you're walking down home, like the Isle of Home Depot, and like on the box it says, like, five year guarantee. Like, we promise yeah. we will. That is part of, like, it's, it's, you know, it comes with a one year warranty and a five year whoever acquires us or, um, <laughs> like, whoever liquidates our assets at some private equity firm, like, they are legally bound to make sure the server continues to work for a little while. And I don't know. It's just, smart home stuff sucks. Yeah, that's, except that's, for Philips Hue, yeah. everything's bad. Yeah, Philips Hue is good. The Wemo stuff is is it's not as bad. good, but it's pretty good. The Wemo, so well, the I, I, again, I'm still down on the Wemo thing because I can't turn on my espresso machine from bed because I'm too lazy to fix it. But the problem with the Wemo stuff is that yeah, the um, echo integration. It goes through the cloud, so you have to like relink the Amazon skill like every three months, and the iOS app is really bad. Like you, you gave me the warning when I bought these that like the product itself is okay, but the setup is just absolutely horrible, mm-hmm. and it still remains that way. So I don't know, like Wemo being ranked number two in terms of good smart home stuff with everything with all those things just said is that doesn't bode well. Uh, actually, um, this is really bringing this whole episode full circle now. Sure. The, the one good thing about the um, TP-Link software for my, <laughs> my Wi-Fi network mm-hmm. is that it gives you the ability to temporarily turn off the 5 gigahertz radio, okay. which, is, which is really convenient because there are certain smart home devices, including older generation Wemos, as well as these iHome smart plugs that I've been talking about that only connect to 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi and sometimes get confused 
if they're trying to connect to a network that's simultaneously broadcasting 2.4 and 5 gigahertz at the same time. Like with the with these iHome plugs, when I first set them up, I remember this. Like I had to get an extension cord and walk like to the outer edges of my backyard so that yeah, I'd be gigahertz. out of range of the five gigahertz network and only in range of the two point four. Um because the the Google Wi Fi's that I've that I've had for the you know the last few years have have no way to temporarily disable the five gigahertz uh part of the network. And like the Eros they let you do it, but kind of in a in a weird way where there's no setting. You actually have to go into like the support section of the app and then go into like a list of particular problems you're having. One of which is like, I'm trying to connect a smart device that won't connect to my network. And it goes, oh, do you want us to try to disable your five gigahertz uh, network for the next 15 minutes? And it like literally puts up like a 15 minute countdown clock <laughs> before it's going to just turn it back on, which is a weird implementation. Um, but with this TP link, app there's just literally like a toggle that's like hey yeah turn the five gigahertz radio off if you want to um anyway smart home stuff wi-fi it's 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 all bad mm-hmm. their solution seems much smarter than mine which is going back to the over-engineered ubiquity stuff as i have a separate access point that only broadcasts 2.4 gigahertz for for crappy smart home stuff well you so you 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 really like i could do that too but like you really miss out on a lot of the benefit of having a mesh setup like I have. Cause I mean, the whole thing it does is it dynamically switches your devices from access point to access point and between five gigahertz and 2.4 gigahertz, depending on, you know, where you're going to get the best connection and speed. Can I give you so. a, a real quick solution to that problem though? Mm. Uh, I live in a one bedroom apartment and it's, <laughs> you know, the, the, the mesh part of it is way less essential. Yeah. Uh, anyway, okay. So that was hmm, all right. It's, it's it's like we planned it. All that stuff just wrapped around naturally. It's like it's like a Vince Gilligan um, plot. Ooh, yeah. We get we got to get it. We got to get into that. All right, Guy Fieri, you're getting bumped next week. Don't <laughs> uh, don't let that fall through the cracks. I won't. Okay. Uh, this might actually be most most of our TV recaps slash discussions are always. It is mostly my fault are very meandering and not that not that insightful. I think we might actually do better this week. So Yeah, I think we will too. Okay. So we took last week off. So we actually have two episodes to cover. Um this was the seventh episode and this is the mid season break. And to take a take a look behind the curtain a little bit, what is the guy's name? There's a showrunner on Better Call Saul and he tweeted, I forget his name, but he had a tweet out there that said, "Hey, when we were writing the season, we had not we did not know that AMC was going to break it up, so be warned that episode 7 does not include a cliffhanger." I think is what he had tweeted. So I don't know if that's just a massive troll or if that's just because like in Breaking Bad and many of the other programs or in or like prior seasons of Better Call Saul, like they they don't necessarily do end of season cliffhangers like sometimes it'll just be like episode four and there's just like a very very big dramatic thing that happens and that's that's just a regular thing in a vince gilligan tv show but yeah apparently it was not designed to be a cliffhanger or that's just a lie i don't know apparently it was a lie 
And the the reason I guess people know that is because I guess something similar happened a couple of times over the run of Breaking Bad. Mm. So it apparently it's been it's just been kind of a thing that they do. Yeah. So and you, and you you can back me up on this or give me more context. But one of the big knocks that many people have had and that I have I think we both probably have had is that this season has felt kind of uneven and I guess more chiefly that one of the storylines is way more interesting that most of our attention has been tied to and you kind of always want them to get back to the Lalo and Gus Fring like the whole what normally ostensibly you would think is like the B plot of the show versus the Slip and Jimmy Kim Wexler moral pivot and stuff like that and there's been this kind of long drawn out thing of Jimmy's trying to take revenge on Howard for kind of not necessarily clear motivations. I mean, there's been a lot that's happened over the past six uh, seasons, but you don't entirely know what the inciting event was for his ire and rage and the motivation of Kim for why she is joined that revenge journey with Jimmy is also not necessarily been there like there was one flashpoint last season where Howard takes her just into like an empty courtroom just to give her a warning about Jimmy and she I guess like interpreted that to be like an assault on his character or whatever but like that whole plot was just kind of like oh they're 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 antagonizing Howard and in zany ways and we don't really know why that is but well eventually a story does come together it really, really did. Um, you're you're spot on with up until episode seven. Me really having a feeling that this season had been kind of yeah uneven at best and kind of just slow and not all that particularly interesting, particularly in the the middle section of the season. Mm-hmm. Like I thought, I thought the first three episodes were. <clears throat> overall strong but mostly because of the nacho storyline and you know obviously that that comes to a conclusion at the end of episode three and you know once that storyline ended the show you know as you said really started focusing primarily on um jimmy and kim and their their whole kind of long con against howard And it, it just, it wasn't really clear, like, where that was going or what exactly their motivations were, everything, everything you said. And there, there really wasn't a lot of Lalo Gus. Like, I, I did start to perk up a little bit when, you know, they revealed that Lalo had been in Germany this whole time. And so, like, all of the hyper paranoia of Gus and his crew has been totally unwarranted. Um, that, that was kind of, that was a good, good reveal. But I think, I mean, you and I were even talking about at the end of episode six of this season, kind of feeling a little let down so far and, and being really skeptical of where the Howard thing was going. But, oh my goodness. I mean, they just, it, it. I mean, to to say it came together, like, I feel like is the most accurate way to say it, but I also feel like it's underselling it. You know what I mean? 
like it it the the payoff was just beyond anything i could have expected yeah, but so- i mean but both in terms of like the last thing i was like both in terms of just like the way like the literal con kind of mm-hmm. came together but then also of course you know what it led to okay so before that uh, and also spoilers oh, <laughs> yeah i actually think we haven't spoiled anything yet other than um yeah but of a few things because you did encourage or you reminded me to scroll up in the chat a little bit so um yeah we'll we'll, we'll... so we 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 weren't here last week so we talked we did not get to talk about episode six so the only notable thing in episode six was that one uh, a big continuity error uh so howard hamlin uh, you you get more information on his home life, and this was also, again, a little bit of a snooze of a of a scene, but it actually adds more depth, and uh, for the summation of the con job and uh, all that kind of stuff. But he has a very luxurious house and a wife who does not love him, or they're they're very much out out of out of marital bliss, and he he makes he does make her some very fussy coffee. He makes her a nice latte with a peace sign latte art, which I have a lot. I have a lot of complaints about how this scene was done, but anyway. <laughs> but also, big continuity error. Uh, Howard Hamlin has a Breville Barista Express, which is a product that was released in 2011, but in the show, uh, it uh, the timeline I believe is still 2007 or 2008. So I don't know. Slip and Jimmy or Slip and Vince? Uh, who who even knows anymore? But. Mm. A very artfully shot, but yeah, his, his tamping job and his use of the machine was not very good. He did not clean off the steam wand as quickly as he should have, especially on the Breeze Express, which does not have a no-burn steam wand. Anyway, the reason we bring this up is that, so, you put in here, I'll, I'll quote you, uh, this season has really slowed down since Nacho's story concluded in episode three. I'm willing to wait until next week's mid-season finale to see if there's a big payoff, but I'm currently disappointed with the middle part of the season. So you're you're very ideologically consistent here, hmm. but yeah, like I it it got once once the nacho stuff was done, and you just kind of have Jimmy and Kim just doing their thing, and you've got just paranoid Gus. Like I mean, it 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 kind of it's building towards something, but that's and I think I didn't put this in text, but I brought it up on the show two weeks ago. But like just the I don't necessarily buy paranoid Gus. Like, I still think there's a lot more that has to happen there. And hopefully that has similar, like, maybe just like, there's just like some through line we're not seeing. But yeah. So there's a few things before we get to the actual big cliffhanger slash, like, stunning moment which is shot yeah shock i was gonna say shocking moment yeah <laughs> which is so is a very lalo focused episode and i've never seen the movie it but do you get that reference i do yeah okay so apparently it was a clown who eats children but lives in the sewer right okay wow i didn't think i would get that but yes yeah, so, but uh, um lalo is just hanging out in the sewers of albuquerque uh for four days smashing chairs and doing vlogs it was it was pretty pretty good <laughs> but um his whole thing is that he's trying to stake out the um construction of the meth lab that's happening at the 
uh, commercial laundry facility that Gus owns, but that he, when he gets enough useful information and wants to relay that to Tio Salamaca, he identifies that the line is being tapped and instinctively by Gus and his people. He changes his story because he's knowing he's being listened to. And that is what, this is the part that the Better Call Saul subreddit does help a lot with it. I didn't necessarily know this at the time. I mean, did did you get this part where, because we're, we're still not going to talk about what actually happened at the very end, but once Lalo gives the incorrect information to Tio, Mike then says they're pulling off um, all the security off low priority targets. Yeah, which, including Kim and Jimmy. Yeah, I didn't put that together. Mm-hmm. I'm not very smart, but yeah, that was that was very interesting. Yeah, yeah I guess I I didn't I didn't like I when when that was said I I definitely didn't immediately go oh shoot he's gonna go go to Kim and Jimmy now I wouldn't have guessed that but. But yeah, I mean that that was ultimately how he was able to to get to them so easy. And then the other bit was that the reason he goes to Kim and Jimmy is because in the sewer he is uh he sees a cockroach. Yeah, that that I did not pick up on until the the Reddit stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I I will task you with explaining how the sorry to put you on the spot, how the uh Howard Hamlin con thing comes together. Yeah, well, there, so there's two there's two ways it comes together in my mind that are that are really both that are both equally important. One is just literally the mechanics of the con itself, but then number two is sort of the the um, acknowledgement of its motivations and origins. Which I I don't know if I'm summarizing that the way I want to, but we'll we'll, we'll get to that. So like the the mechanics of the con. Well, it, it's it's the uh, it's the con that that affects Howard in terms of like he is embarrassed or and like he is just like strung up, but also him understanding why it actually happens. So I mean, you know, you're totally right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like so, the, the mechanics of the con have have there have been flashes that have been kind of interesting through the season, um, especially like where Jimmy sort of you know puts on the makeup and the suit and stuff to look like howard um like that was kind of humorous but like a a lot of the actual just like mechanics of the con have just been not not all that interesting but in this episode they're incredibly interesting both in the moments leading up to kind of the the you know ending of it and uh, the ending itself, like the the moments leading up to it, were so interesting because of the the twist that I guess happened at the end of episode six, where the mediator who they're looking to make as having taken a bribe from Jimmy, Jimmy ends up running into him, like luckily, and sees mm-hmm. that he has like a, a a broken arm, or at least has like a you know his arm in a cast. Mm-hmm. And the photos that they had staged for this bribe, you know, didn't 
didn't have the character in in a cast. So they had to very hastily reshoot those photos. Um, But then that leads to probably the best moment of the setup and kind of where things really start to, I think, come together, which is where you realize that the private eye that Howard had hired to to look at to look on Jimmy actually had been one of Jimmy's guys and was actually just kind of a part of the a part of the con so you know he's he's the one who gives Howard these staged bribe photos and Howard believes them because you know the, it's it's coming from the guy who he thinks is working for him and then, you know, all of this leads to the the Sandpiper, um, you know, mediation scene where, you know, the mediator comes in the room and Howard, through, you know, a combination of these photos, and then also because the, the photos were laced with like the weird, um, <laughs> I don't even really know how to describe it, some weird chemical that sort of like acts like, what, what did the guy describe it as? Like two cans of Red Bull or something? Um, I do not remember that phrasing at all, but it, but <clears throat> ultimately it makes um, Howard's eyes dilate. So pe- because the whole point is like o- over multiple episodes in the middle of the season, kind of a little bit parts that drag was that Kim and Jimmy were trying to get Clifford, the one who has that other law firm who, the, who Howard's working with on the case to get multiple instances of evidence that he is a drug user. And that's why, yeah, whatever, yeah, stuff. Did he get it from the veterinarian? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. And that's and it, was, that it, was a, it was a vet that used that yeah. to Red Bull. Oh, okay. It all comes together. Okay. Um, no, you're 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 smart in bringing up the the stuff that had been happening through the season and like the the parts of the con that at the time weren't really that interesting, but when you see what it leads to, you realize that all of that stuff had to be there in order for this to work. And that that's how that's why the the mechanics of the con end up being so satisfying. Like it wouldn't have worked if Jimmy and and Kim basically just tried to do like what they did that last day. Like they needed all of the seeds planted against Howard and they they needed Cliff to start to doubt Howard leading up to that moment, which is why that was, was so, so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, that was the, the mechanics of, of the, um, of the con coming together. But I think equally important is the way that they, they handled sort of the motivation question, as well as like the other kind of, part of this that maybe wouldn't have worked which would have been like if howard was just kind of a dummy and didn't pick up on any of this it would have been like well come on like howard's a smart guy like how like how would he have just totally gotten played like this and and they so smartly have him basically see through the entire con and know exactly what's happening but because of the way it's played out, like even when he's explaining everything that's happening to Cliff, like it's 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 basically just too late at that point. 
but it but it's but it makes a lot of sense that Howard would be able to see through everything. And then, you know, we're we won't get to the moment, but in in the <laughs> the moment leading up to the moment, the other incredibly smart thing they do is I mean, they have Howard call Jimmy and Kim out on the fact that they don't really have a great reason to be doing this. Like, yeah, Howard's not a perfect guy. And yeah, maybe he could have done some things differently with Jimmy and Kim, but he wasn't really that bad to them. Mm-hmm. And 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 there was no single moment or set of moments that really justified them doing what he did to them. And And he called them out on that. And the other th- really smart thing that that the writers did was, you know, when when the Sandpiper mediation meeting falls apart and, you know, Cliff ultimately makes the decision to go ahead and settle, you know, Jimmy and Kim are, are still on the call when the settlement is announced, mm-hmm. but they're not even paying attention. Mm-hmm. Like it. That's, it, that's, a, that's a euphemism. Okay. It, that is a euphemism. That is absolutely <laughs> a euphemism. You're spot on. Um and that, you know, that crystallizes the fact, and this is something that Howard also then just directly says to them, is that, you know, they're, they're, they're doing it for the thrill. They're doing it for fun. They're not doing it for money or for really any sort of other tangible reason. It, it's, it's literally just well, for fun. Well, and it's not, so it's not even just fun, but it's, it's, it's selfishness because the whole point is that, because um, sweet Irene with her potato leek soup thing. Like she, this is this causes him to make less money. So it's it's strictly out of revenge because he has, as the person who handed the Sandpiper Crossing case to HHM, he stands to gain by the size of the settlement, and by fucking this up or or just screwing over Howard, that causes the settlement to be less than it otherwise would have been. So it's purely just petty selfishness or whatever that motivation is. It's not financial or anything else really right so yeah i mean I, it, it, you know in summary like I, they this whole storyline between jimmy kim and howard they completely brought together by making it so that all of the little parts of the con that have been happening through the season all kind of came together and and really being a a critical part of what it ultimately all led to and then the actual kind of you know ending of the con itself and the way that it led to the sandpiper settlement like all of that was just so well done and then the way that they made howard the smart guy that he is and then also really dug into the fact that there just hasn't been any clear motivation all along which which we've kind of viewed as being like almost like a potential you know plot gap or at least like an unsatisfying part of the plot and they 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 actually turned that into like maybe one of the most interesting parts about the whole storyline well, yeah because they all like at the time just kind of seemed like just like zany bits like just like yeah. just like just just random like oh just like we don't we don't really know what we're doing with Jimmy right now. So let's just, let's throw some shit at the wall and let's see how, Yeah, you know, I think this whole thing actually is, is almost like a metaphor for the show as a whole, where like, remember when it was first announced, we thought that 
Better Call Saul was going to basically just be like the, you know, zany, wacky adventures of Saul Goodman and him helping out a bunch of crazy, you know, non-Walt and Jesse clients. Well, yeah, we thought it was going to be like a diff, like a, kind of like a law and order thing where it's like a different, like just like a self-contained thing every episode or just like was it wasn't going to have a big high concept story. Exactly. Um, and obviously the show has completely not been that. And and that that's the way this storyline was, where it, it seemed like just a bunch of weird antics without a whole lot of like deep meaning. And it was completely, completely not that. So, you know, I I even before we get to the the the, the, the well, even bigger way in which this all paid off, like even in the absence of that, like I, I feel ashamed for having ever doubted Vince Gilligan and, and the writers here because they, 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 they nailed it. Yeah. So real quick, there's a, there's a Twitter account called poorly aged stuff where people will just screenshot bad takes on things. <laughs> and to be honest, I kind of like if, if I, if I had a, a job at a content factory, I, I, I made a run this. I, yeah, no, I, I, I was, you know, I and the, I the was, article is called "Why the Saul Goodman Spinoff Is a Bad Idea," dated April 2013. Right, like I, you know, I, I think, I think, I mean, we'd have to again go back to the tapes here, but like I, I think we probably landed on being very skeptical, skeptical mm-hmm. but like you know, kind of interested to see what it was going to be. Um, yeah, and I, I, I still remember, like, I've, <laughs> I've forgotten a lot about the early seasons of Better Call Saul and and Breaking Bad as well because they were just so many years ago at this point but um the thing i do really remember was like i don't know if it was necessarily after episode one or if maybe it was a couple episodes like but it was pretty early on like realizing like oh this is this is not this is not the show we thought it was going to be and it and that's that's great Mm -hmm. okay so what happens You gonna are you gonna make me describe I'll, I'll, it? I'll do it. I'll, I'll rip it off and win one one sentence. No, so uh, so here's the thing. So and, and oh, so the final ten minutes of the episode are I think this is the longest we've ever gone on a single episode of TV. Um, the final episode. Let's go back to the Ryan Doctrine or whatever. So, because I rewatched both season five, episode ten. Sorry. Last season, season finale, that was a long way of saying that. And the mid-season finale, I watched both of those episodes again last night because I just I had to go back to the... Wait, actually, no, sorry. Uh, season five, episode nine. Right. So the unsettling thing when Lalo goes... He gets the tip off from Mike, but Lalo... Nacho drives Lalo to their Albuquerque apartment and... Lolo just sits down and says he just wants to hear the story of how Jimmy brought the money from the cartel in Mexico to pay his bail and get him out because he feels that he is not getting the entire story. And it's a very, very tense, very, very good scene in the apartment that kind of works for several different reasons. But just because like Lalo and the actor that plays him just has that really um convincing way of uns 
it's not, it's not friendliness, but like just unsettling confidence. And like, there's just like a, a, a terror you get watching him. Cause you know, of his unpredictability and just his, um, I don't know, just, just who he is. So I rewatched that and I was like, wow, that was a really good scene. And I think that is so much of the reason why the final 10 minutes of this week's episode is so affecting because you, you get when Howard walks in, well, one in terms of a, a, for a cinematography call out, like there's a candle inside the apartment that when the door to their apartment opens, it's a very pronounced shot when Howard walks in, they open the door so that, you know, that, Oh, there's a draft or there's wind or whatever. And that is that's what happens and then you kind of you get like when when howard is walking in explaining his whole thing of like just like the the story of like why me you guys are bad people like it's a it's a very cathartic five minute speech like it's 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 very good but like the reason it is you're so drawn in is because it's a place that's already so familiar like the Mm. lighting and everything is just it's it's a spot on recreation of something that already happened but there's no like overt call out to it you know it's unsettling and tense for a different reason but you just kind of can't place it in your head automatically and then so you so anyway so howard does this thing explains hey you're bad people like i i'm not a great guy i've got problems in my life but I don't, I don't actually deserve this. And he's a little drunk. It, it's fine. And then you see the candle flicker again and nobody opened the door. So you know something's happening. Then you start seeing Kim freak out and try to get Howard to leave when she sees who walks in. Uh, walks in. And uh, yeah, H- Howard meets his... Um, his demise and that's um yeah would not would not have predicted that was the way it was gonna go but yeah rest in peace howard hamlin i mean it's 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 so hard to even know where to start describing what i what i think is like one of the most shocking things i've seen on a on a fictional tv show like I, I, yeah. I mean, I did there. I, 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 I'm sure if I sat down and thought about it, I could, I could come up with a list. But like, whatever that list would be, this is right, right up there. Um, I think one of the, the strangest parts about it is, like, when so when Lalo comes into the apartment. And is you know is is standing there, and Howard's right next to him, like live in the moment. The thought never once crossed my mind that Lalo was just gonna was just gonna kill Howard. Like I like I I, I like I didn't know exactly what was gonna happen, but like that thought never crossed my mind. But then, like when the episode's over and you've had a day or two to, to process it. Um, as I've kind of needed, you look back and go, "Oh, well, yeah, like of 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 course that's what was going to happen. Like Lala wasn't going to let Howard leave that apartment." But but in the moment, it's just it it's so 
it's just not something that's on your radar because I mean, they, literally, these two characters have never been in the same scene, you know, in the in the five and a half seasons of the show. Like they've never they've never been together, and so to to have them come together for the first time, and then have one of those characters <laughs> shoot the other is just mm-hmm. like it's it's just so it's so shocking. Yeah, but <laughs> and I just. The part that is is funny because that that is the problem that is that, that there is it's morbidly funny is that because Howard like because you're you're absolutely right in calling out that they, since they don't know who they are I mean like does Howard know that Jimmy has some type of cartel a cartel connection No that so that that was I think this was in that Reddit thread where. This is another thing that plays into just or that makes this all so shocking is that if you were to kind of map out like somehow like how like how far away each of the characters were from Jimmy's cartel connection, like Howard would be probably like the furthest away from it, Mm -hmm. you know? But the the thing that's like the part that like is it it it's a it's funny in a in a sad way, and also distracts you. It, it makes it more shocking because you're distracted from thinking that far ahead. But like Howard again, a little bit drunk, he's like, I, it, so Lala walks in and says, and he's like, well, <laughs> first Howard says, who are you? And then Lala says, I'm nobody. Like it's it's oh it's it's said so perfectly. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I'm just here to talk to my lawyers. And then Howard. <laughs> Half drunk is just like I'll I'll give you some advice. You need better lawyers, and then mm. that's it's just so funny and sad at the same time. And then you know the 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 way the way it actually happens, like you you were saying this about Lalo, where he's so calm and he's he's unpredictable, and he's the other thing I would say is he's decisive. Mm-hmm. Like he never. He's he's never unsure of what he's doing in the moment. Like remember I, at the end of season five, you know when when he gets attacked. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is so surgical about the way he handles that, and I, that that's like with Howard. Like it would have been so like kind of cliche for like the evil character to come in the room and like you know put Howard in a headlock or something and like threaten to shoot him if Jimmy and Kim don't start talking or do something like that. But that's not Lalo. Lalo just, he just, he, I, yeah. I never use this word properly, but I don't know. Is dispassionate the right word here? I don't know. I, but, I think it could be. Yeah. But yeah, but he's, it, it's not that he's devoid of emotion, but it's just that he's uh, terrifyingly in control of his emotions in a, in a, in a horrible way. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, and then of course you know the, the this has been a thing that many many people have observed. Like, I mean, Jimmy's and Kim's reaction is, I mean, is also a, a key part of what makes this work too. Because I mean, it 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 echoes like our reaction too. I mean, I I literally I literally yelled, "Oh my god!" Like like not like in, in a way that was not in any way voluntary or like thought of like i just it just came out of my mouth probably like much louder than i would have wanted it to um just because it it just it it 
yeah, so shocking. And, and Jimmy and, and Kim there, I mean, their reaction just nails that. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then they get, they get shushed until let's talk. Mm. Oof. Uh, um, so yeah, real, real, real good show. It's worth six, six, uh, what's, what's you're the account. Uh, what's, what's six times 10, 60 hours <laughs> of your time. Wow. I'm uh, tired. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. I just cannot, cannot say enough good things about the way that they brought this first half of the season together. Um, and I'm super, super excited for these, these last six episodes now. I, can I, I I have a, I have a prediction for you. Is that what you were about to do? Well, I was going to give a bad, can I, can I give a take that's hope that I hope that I think is going to age poorly, but I hope I, I think we're going to go in the same direction here. Go for it. No, you go for it. I, okay. You go first. I don't think Kim's going to die. Oh, no, Kim's going to die. No, I don't, I don't think so. I, that's not what I was okay but yeah okay, I, I have okay I I've I have just taken that as a given the entire series but I almost I almost think that Howard being the one who who was killed in this episode by Lalo is almost like a an indication to say we're not we're not going to do the we're not going to do the thing that you've assumed that we're going that we're going to eventually lead up to like we're actually we're actually going to do this in a different way and i think because i do ultimately think that something like what happened to howard is obviously something that like jimmy and kim would never be able to come back from and i think that's kind i think that's where this is going now Okay. And they're they're gonna have to do. I, I obviously then the, the the question becomes like how do you how do you then put Kim in a place where you know Saul never mentions her at all in Breaking Bad? But I I think the counter to that could be that we don't even know that he used to be Jimmy McGill in Breaking Bad. Like he very very much completely shuts off his past in breaking bad and i think the events of what happened to howard and presumably what's going to happen in the latter part of this season are just going to be so horrible that he basically he basically does just block out the pre-breaking bad part of his life the only reason i think that your theory makes sense is that um amc and to a degree, I guess the writers do are, have leaned into people's worry about that, or or the fact that they consistently think, well, she she was never in the other show, so obviously this is the um the likely outcome. So I think that's actually interesting. I I that 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 was not my concern. My my worry about the last six or seven episodes is that I think I've said this before. I don't want to see Jesse or Walt. I I just can't. And again, I I wouldn't have thought that the first half had, would be as well done as it was. But I just can't imagine where there's that crossover that actually makes the show better. I, I so I've I've been I've been thinking a lot about that. My so I I have a couple of guesses. I I think their involvement's going to be very very minimal. I don't sure. think we're going to see very much of them. 
I mean, I think the other thing that we're going to get is, um, and I, I actually, I had no memory of this from the show, but, but came across it, you know, as I've kind of tried to get caught up leading to this final season, like a lot of this show actually comes from a single line in Breaking Bad, which is actually like the very first line that Saul says to Walt and Jesse. And it's something to the effect of Saul thinks that Walt and Jesse have been sent by Lalo, who in Breaking Bad, we don't even know obviously who that is. And and now through Better Call Saul, we've learned all about. And so, and he, and he, he's absolutely terrified of Walt and Jesse because he thinks that they're potentially from Lalo. And my guess would be that we're going to get a scene where like that, it's going to be that scene, but then we're going to get sort of an expanded dialogue between the three of them discussing like what he what he means by that kind of in a way that I think it was in like season three of better call Saul. Maybe we got sort of the expanded version of when Saul makes the decision to get out of town and breaking bad. I think we're going to get something like that. And that's the way that Walt and Jesse are going to be involved. Hmm. Again, I'm more optimistic that it'll be done well this week but yeah i just hope it's yeah i don't know well i'm i am now i will not doubt anything that is done in the second half of this season given given what it just happened in the in the in the yeah. first half i'm I'm going to be willing to see it through before making any judgment okay and then my, my chef special actually are, are we done I think we are. Sorry, because this ties in together. Um, uh, for best internet comment of the week, let me find the thread. Because this have very much had a, a, a Apple TV crossover I was not expecting. So somebody, there was somebody uh, was discussing, um, like after the whole speech, that Howard was kind of optimistic that he would bounce back from the... Mm, humiliation forget about that part yeah uh and like it overall like he even though he was giving that huge condemnation of just jimmy and kim being bad people for various reasons he was like no my my career is like it all this would be a setback and this uh, this i'll for be forever thought of as a drug addict and all this other stuff but anyway uh user uh user devil's abogado on reddit types uh or writes uh quote it's the hope that kills you in italics nope it's lalo Hmm. That was, yes, it was, it was the 10th lasso better call Saul crossover. You didn't know you needed mm. Yeah. I have nothing for people to buy this week, so I'm asked this, the, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I did. Go watch Better Call Saul. <laughs>